Hello, everyone, and inside today's episode of Locked On Canadians, injury woes have hit once again with Uri Slavkovsky being the next victim of the injury curse. We're going to talk about what that means for the Canadians going forward. And Ken Hughes at a press conference today. We're going to take a look at some of the highlights from that and break all of that down and more inside today's show. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 768 of Locked On Canadians. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, and Bet Online has you covered this season more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it is where the game starts. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Mallon. I'm joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Saba. And if you are listening to us wherever you get your daily podcast, thank you. And if you're watching us on YouTube, thanks for subscribing. Ring the bell to get notified every single time we post a new video. Uh, and I'm going to bring my co host in here in a second, but the news and the vibes today around Montreal, Laura, they are, uh, what is the opposite of not good? Putrid, bad, Toronto in the first round, like uh, what level of bad vibes are we feeling uh, in Montreal right now? I think Toronto in the first round is a good one. Also feel like, you know, the Philadelphia Flyers current um, way of being yeah uh is, that's <laughs> is, is, is not it's not good vibes uh so we aren't really going to get into it because our friends at locked on flyers covered it really well um and i think that's that shows worth a li- listen but uh i think the vibes in montreal do you know what though the vibes in montreal were not good with all the injury news and we're going to get into that in a second but the press conference had some meat to it. So Kent Hughes had admit had his midseason press conference. There was value in it. So I know we're going to discuss all of that. Scott, I guess you wanted to start with the injuries so that we could get that out of the way. Yeah, I think just because there is a lot here, and before we go into that, uh, with the whole Philadelphia Flyers situation, um, we support every single person who is part of the LGBTQ plus community in that in that we have your back as a podcast and as people on there. We're not going to delve into that. Like Laura said, please listen to Lockdown Flyers. We want you to know that you are valid. You do mean everything to us and to other people and that the Flyers situation is not indicative of everything else, but we want you to know that you are supported, you are loved, and you are valid people uh, every single day. And we stand by that and we'll stand by you whenever that time does come. To launch into the injuries here for the Montreal Canadiens, uh bad news just across the board um jake allen is about a week away from returning which is fine samuel montembo has been playing very well and we will get into samuel montembo when we get to the press conference stuff yol armia and jonathan drewen will not be back until after the all-star break the all-star breaks uh the all-star game february 4th so we're about what three weeks away from that being a reality uh yol armia was obviously injured on that elbow from jacob truba Jonathan Drouin, I did not see what happened, but he is out as well. Jake Evans, lower body injury suffered against the Islanders on the final play of the first period. Out eight to ten weeks. Not not ideal. 
in any way, shape, or form because I thought Jake Evans was playing really well. And the big one is Uri Slavkovsky, uh, left knee injury, does not need surgery out at least three months. That effectively ends his rookie season. Depending on the rocket, he could come back and play some games for them if they made a playoff push. But uh, for all intents and purposes, uh, Uri Slavkovsky's rookie season is done and over with at this point. And it's kind of a sour note, and we're going to touch on this in the next segment, is that he was getting the ice time. He was being trusted by Martin St. Louis and the coaches, and that's that's out now. It's a lot of really bad news across the board, and the Canadians now need a lot of people to step up. Kirby Doc doing a great job at that. We know Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield are going to do what they can. This is now a team that needs everyone to pull a little bit above their weight in terms of effort. We're not asking them to go out there and win every game like they did against Winnipeg. That's asking a lot, almost impossible of any team, even when they're healthy. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be tough here. We're going to learn a lot about who, you know, wants to give that effort here. And mostly I'm just kind of sad because I was really excited to see Jake Evans coming into his own to see Uri Slavkovsky starting to be trusted with 14, 15, 16 minutes of ice time. Jonathan Drouin was playing well. Yola Mio was starting to look a little bit more like himself, and it's all just a giant setback. Uh, and it's uh, it, it was a tough bit of news to get there, and I'm glad that Kent Hughes had his press conference today too because he didn't run and hide from this or anything like that, not that he could have. It's just it's it's a bitter pill to swallow when you know we've had such good, positive Canadians-related stuff happening in the past week or so. I think that's exactly it is. It's very unlucky. The timing is really unlucky, particularly with these guys that you were hoping to show what they've got because you want to attract uh, trades for them. Not Slavkovsky. Don't start yelling. Just, you know, Yoel Armia was on, was somebody, a name that you would have wanted to see traded. Somebody like Jonathan Duran, you would have wanted to see traded at the deadline. And they were starting to get, they were starting to get it together in terms of Jake Evans. Like I think he's still in the future of this team, right? I think they're going to keep him around. So I'm not too worried about that, but it just, it, the luck is really bad, I think. And honestly with Slavkovsky, like I think there's people that are, you know, they're talking about how the sky is falling. Like he's so young and he's got a knee injury or whatever. Like, let's let that play out and see what happens because you know what? Like I remember a time, when Phil Kessel, Iron Man, had knee issues, right? Like, I think we should all calm down and we should, and I know I think we're also like a little bit scarred by the Carey Price thing. I think we should wait and see with him. I know he's an 18-year-old. I know knee injuries are not good news, particularly for hockey players, but let's just chill out and see where the chips fall. I've seen a lot of weird, very weird takes. And normally I don't kind of delve into this, but people were like, this is karma for his hit earlier in the season. It's like, that was an accident. He apologized to the guy and felt awful. And just, I've seen so many just insane takes. People blamed Kent Hughes for him getting injured because he didn't go to world juniors or that if, you know, this had happened, he wouldn't be hurt. If he was in the AHL, he wouldn't get hurt. Famously, no one gets hurt in other hockey leagues, as you know. <laughs> Or at the World Juniors. Yeah, seriously. Everyone, get it. Kirby Doc broke his friggin' wrist there. Like, Are we okay? No, and no one is okay. okay? (laughs) I 
I need everyone to take a deep breath. It sucks. But everyone who's treating this like, ah, well, the tank, people got hurt and this sucks. And people are allowed to say that this sucks. Everyone needs to take a step back and realize you were talking about human beings. Honest to God, stop treating hockey players like at, like just pawns and assets. They are human beings. It is okay for us to be upset that they are injured and to talk about how much this sucks. Kent Hughes did not cause Uri Slavkovsky to get injured. We don't even know the actual play that caused that because no one has a good replay of it. He has a left knee injury. That's all we know. Everyone chill out. Just take a deep breath. Relax. It's not that deep. We're going to delve into, you know, what all this means for the Canadians and the Rocket and the Lions and the trade deadline, because this has a lot of effects and all that. And that's all coming up next. But first, as we said before, the, today's show is brought to you by BetOnline.net, your number one source for your sports betting info, news and analysis. Hockey season's in full swing. The NFL playoffs are in full swing. NBA, NCAA, basketball are going around. And if you want to bet on golf, MMA, boxing, BetOnline has you covered with everything you need, props, odds, lines, sports, podcasts. If you can't get enough of us, you can listen at BetOnline as well. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more. And remember, BetOnline, it's where the game starts. All right, so I know we just talked about treating players as human beings and everything, and I'm going to kind of steer into this own skid here a little bit is that my first thought with looking at everything here is I went and I brought up the Canadians cap friendly page after seeing all the injury news. Slavkovsky Evans out long-term likely done. Jake Evans might have a chance to come back before the season is over. Slavkovsky is likely done for the year. Our me and Drew Ann are out another two and a half, three weeks. The Canadians don't have any spare bodies uh, without cutting out a chunk of the rocket and i'm working on something at eyes on the prize right now that i sat down and i listed every nhl contracted forward they have left in the organization and they are as followed alex belzeal anthony richard mitchell stevens lucas condotta joel teasdale and nate schnarr none of those six forwards can really fill a role that slavkovsky was in that jonathan drewan was in that Jake Evans was in uh, playing that middle six role there. They are playing very good hockey for the Rocket at this current point in time. But if they take them out of there, the Rocket are now playing a third line entirely of the top call-ups from the Trois-Rivières Lions of the ECHL who also do not have spare bodies. It's like the Canadians are Yes, it's it's a very it's a very weird balancing act here because Pitlick and Harvey Pinard are here on emergency recall because the Canadians did not have the cap space to make a regular recall with that, hence why Sean Monaghan is still on LTIR. I imagine we will see both Evans and Slavkovsky shifted to long-term injured reserve in the near future here. Armia and Drouin will stay on regular IR. I assume Sean Monaghan will come back. And that will open up some more of this cap space. Uh, Brendan Gallagher, I don't know if he's on IR LTIR right now, but I have to double check that. The biggest thing for me is that this now changes Kent Hughes' entire approach to the trade deadline. Can't trade Mike Hoffman. Who's going to play Mike Hoffman's top six minutes? Can't trade Josh Anderson. Who's going to play Josh Anderson's top six minutes? You can't really trade Evgeny Dodonov. Who's going to take his middle six minutes? You're They're... The big things at this trade deadline now 
they might not be able to trade bodies because they cannot afford to trade bodies unless they're getting guaranteed NHL pieces back into this lineup. We know Doc Suzuki Caulfield will be fine. We know um, Yolanin, Harvey Pinard, et cetera, will be fine in the lineup where they are at. But if they take out too many pieces, all that weight continues to get shifted lower and lower down the organization to try and balance it and make it work. And it puts a strain on things. So there's a lot of juggling here for Kent Hughes to do. And Laura, I'm curious to see, do you think this is going to have, I think this is going to change how they approach the trade deadline is that it's no longer going to be just picks and prospects. It's going to be, we need an NHL body back too, just because of how thin the reserves are at this point due to injuries. I honestly think that like it could be prospects. It doesn't necessarily need to be NHL bodies. Like I understand where you're coming from, but like what's wrong with plucking a guy like a Kovacevic? Oh my God. A Kovacevic. What's wrong with plucking a guy like that out of somebody else's AHL lineup, playing him in the NHL? You know what I mean? I don't like, I think that they can absolutely trade Mike Hoffman and get a prospect to play that role who might not even be here next year. I think it's, you know, like they need to, obviously, they need to have a minimum number of guys to dress a roster. You can't not do that. And you don't want to mess with Laval exactly as you said. There's got to be guys in other people's, like like a rem pit like, that's like on the cusp or like, you know, a hybrid kind of making the NHL and staying in the AHL kind of situation. There's got to be guys like that that they can trade for. I'm not averse to that because that comes with potential. And it's like worst come to worst, that person can go and perform in Laval. Like, I think that that's the approach that they should take. They do need actual bodies, but I think the body should come in terms of prospects or somebody on an expiring deal. But like when you're getting somebody on an expiring deal, you're kind of defeating the purpose of being a seller at the trade deadline. So I think like at all costs, they should either get a prospect back or you should get somebody that they might want to re-sign as depth in the summer. I on waivers today, Tuesday when or Wednesday when we are recording this, uh, the Sabers placed a forward Vinny Henestrosa on waivers. He has eight points in nineteen games, and I look at that and I go, "That's what makes sense here." Is that get a a cromulent body in who can contribute a little bit here, who can play a little bit up the lineup if they need him to be. I'm not asking him to be a superstar. No, 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 absolutely not. But it allows them to kind of give some breathing room and send a Harvey Pinard or a Pitlick back down to kind of shift that a little bit and give the Rocket some, basically some reinforcements. They're playing with a barren lineup, no pun intended, for Justin there. And I'm curious to see what they do now. Uh, There's a lot of players out there that I think are available to be traded from other teams. There's not a lot of money out there. And if the Canadians are shifting guys into LTIR and clearing up cap space, they suddenly become a place that's like, hey, we need to get rid of this guy. Cool. I will take one of your prospects and this guy off your hands for you because we need bodies. And if the Habs are bad, who gives a crap? They're supposed to be bad. Like, I think this trade deadline now, it's just going to be a lot quieter than we expected at this point. I do think that Kent Hughes is working on something. I can't quite put my finger on what it is, but with Slavkovsky out now, with Evans out this time, I think he's going to add some kind of body here in some way, shape, or form. Even if it's adding to the AHL in a trade, sending you know Harvey Pinard or whomever down out of emergency recall and then calling them up regularly and activating Sean Monahan, 
I think there is a plan in place for this. I don't think he's going to be complacent. It's just, I can't help but feel a month and a half out from the trade deadline at this point that a lot of things changed very quickly for Ken Hughes, none of which are in his control. He can't control that two players in a weekend got knee injuries. Um, I'm very curious to see what he does. And speaking of Kent Hughes, he had a press conference today, which I knew was already scheduled before all the injury news uh, came out. We're going to dive into some of his quotes there. There's a lot of praise for Sean Monahan and for Samuel Montembeau. We're going to analyze his words and everything else, all that coming up next. But first, if you have followed Locked On Canadians now, you know we love Bilt Bar on this podcast. If you want to know what makes Bilt Bar so good, it's the protein bar, tastes like a candy bar covered in 100% real chocolate, coming in incredible flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond. And no longer do you have to just order Built Bar online at Built.com. You can still do that. Build your own box and get it sent to your house. You can get them at your local Walmart, your local Sam's Club. If you want to buy them right in store, you can head into your nearest Walmart, buy Built Bars. You can get chocolate, coconut puff, whatever you're looking for. And they're so, so good for you. And it makes it super easy to start your morning. If you didn't have breakfast like I did, you need that boost throughout the day. Built Bar has you covered. So check them out wherever you can, local Walmart, Built.com, anywhere else. And remember, Built Bar, it's everything you need to get your day started. Trust us. Believe us. Try out Built Bar anytime you can. We are back here at Lockdown Canadians. And it was a busy, albeit not Perfectly great Wednesday here. Uh, Laura Kent Hughes had himself a press conference, and for once we weren't left it. We didn't leave it uh, filled with dread like we had so many times in the past. All the dread uh, was from before when the Canadians released an injury report 45 minutes before their general manager uh, was scheduled to speak to the media. We learned a lot from that press conference, and some of the questions that I've had over time got answered kind of like, you know, let's keep the injury aside for now, but what are the Canadians doing with Slavkovsky, right? That was a question that I feel Kent Hughes answered as best as possible. I still am not super convinced that taking it this slow was the way to go. And now it's kind of a moot point, you know, I don't know what they're going to do next year, but he talked about why the, the, the development is so gradual he said something along the lines of his transparency will end at, you know, what numbers or years they're discussing with Cole Caulfield, like the term, the actual terms. But he was transparent about the fact that they're still talking, right? And he was transparent about how both sides want to make a deal. So there was that, you know, they were talking about, he was talking about, um, you know, what they can learn from wins and losses, right? It wasn't just about wins. It wasn't just about losses. It wasn't about tanking. But he said the biggest challenge is that there's so many things to do. And believe me, <laughs> I relate to that so hard. Um, sometimes there's just, there are so many things to do and you don't know when one will get completed and some things are depend to, dependent on other things. And there's just like so many things to do at once that you don't know who to delegate to and you don't know which person is right for what thing. And, you know, let's say somebody's somewhere in their development and you think the plan is going a certain way and then they get injured so you have to rethink the whole thing. Like, I completely understand that. But the thing, like, and, and I think, like, anybody who, like, lives in our capitalistic, capitalistic hellscape understands exactly what he's talking about there um, to different degrees. But I think the biggest thing that I took from that, which is not something that the rest of us have in common with Kent Hughes, 
is that there's a long rebuild ahead of us. Like he's in charge of putting on the ice a winner. And if he's not convinced that the team is going to be a consistent winner, he's going to make changes. I think everything he said today made that clear is that he wants to put together a consistent winner. So we are going to have to be patient. And that to me was the biggest thing, but I just love how he acknowledged like he did not, he did not try and sell us on something. He said that it's going to like, he made it clear. It's going to be a while. It's going to take some time. It's going to take a lot of hard work and a lot of things have to go right. He didn't pretend like in some other markets where they're talking about doing a retool when they're already in <laughs> Vancouver <clears throat> and they desperately need a rebuild. That's he didn't do anything like that. He like, that's where his transparency is. He might not tell us how many years or dollars he's talking about, but talking about with Cole Caulfield and his agent, but he is telling us there's still a long, long way to go. And he's telling us he's still doing the work. He's got a lot of work to do. He mentioned Marie-Philippe Poulain. Like he mentioned that, you know, the development is still going on with the NHL guys, right? Like that was a big key thing because it, you can circle back to what he said at the beginning was when he, when he was first hired about a year ago, that development isn't just about young guys. Development is ongoing. No matter what stage you are at in your career, if you are in an NHL player, you will be, the development has to take place and it's going to look different for every player and every stage and every skill level and every talent. But I just love that he, he called back and he has not changed his mind on that. Like he's consistent. He's honest. He's not selling us on anything. He's not making excuses. And I feel a lot better about a lot of the questions that I've had over the course of the season. I feel a lot better about them now, having heard him talk, having the journalists question him on some of the decisions that have been made. I felt great about that press conference. Unfortunately, it was after all those injuries, right? So that's why we're saying the vibes are uneven in Montreal right now. But it did feel good to listen to him talk. And it did feel like this is a man who might not have all that all that experience as a general manager, but that doesn't mean he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, I was actually gonna I was actually gonna bring up that quote is that uh, directly uh, development isn't restricted to young players. Everyone can improve, and that's why Adam Nicholas, Scott Pellerin, Murray Philippe Poulin work with everyone, not just our AHL team or our prospects. And that that's important. Like he sees that you may be thirty whatever year old Evgeny Dodonov. You can still improve in certain facets of your game if you work with these guys, even if it's just reacting different ways to plays. And that's important is that development doesn't stop just because you're no longer considered a prospect. And just part of that is, and that ties into our next thing here is, and this comes from Eric Engels, Kent Hughes sees Samuel Montembeau as part of the future, says he won't consider trading him. Samuel Montembeau got picked off of waivers last year at 25 years old, did not have great numbers, admittedly, behind a bad Canadians team. And all of a sudden is now that guy because he's gotten to rest. He's gotten to work and continue his development as a goaltender. And honestly, that friggin' rules. Like, I, I, I didn't think he would come right out and say it. I had a feeling in that Samuel Montembeau's rise isn't so much a threat to a Caden Primo, a Frederick Deschaux, a Jakob Dobish. It's a threat to Jake Allen's starting job, if anything. And that's not a slight at Jake Allen. That's just, hey, this younger guy is playing better. You're older and you've had some injuries. We're going to give you more time to rest here. 
And admittedly, if I were Ken, I wouldn't have come right out and say, I'm not trading this guy unless your plan is I am going to trade this guy because his value is probably through the roof at this point. Uh, and he also mentioned he didn't rule out just not trading Sean Monahan at the deadline too, though I think that is him, you know, subtly raising his asking price for this. I would not be shocked if Sean Monahan is a Montreal Canadian next year. Straight up at a reduced contract, not 6.25. I could very easily see Sean Monahan back as a Montreal Canadian next year just because of how well he meshed with everyone on this team. I am very glad to see Kent Hughes give guys their flowers when they deserve them. And that's across the board is that Samuel Montembeau deserves that. Sean Monaghan has deserved that. Even when players aren't playing well, he finds the thing, the positive part to talk about there. It feels like we've come such a long way from if you want loyalty by a dog to a guy, a GM literally saying, this is part of my future right now and sticking to that. Uh, He's a smart guy. He still said, if players want to leave, my door is open and we will do what we can to accommodate that. It's going to be a very busy month and a half here for Kent Hughes. I'm very, very excited to see what it holds. I imagine it's going to be a busy end of the week for him because other teams around the league saw, hey, you've got all these injuries. Do you want guy? Here's our asking price. And based on what Kent Hughes has done so far, He's not going to overpay for assets on things, honestly. Uh, I'm very, I, I, I'm I, nervous because I re- was really enjoying the Canadians kind of finding their legs after that seven-game losing streak. And now I'm hoping that they're able to maintain some positive aspects while playing with what is admittedly a bare-bones lineup at this point, even by tanking standards. Yeah, there's good players, but everyone's hurt. And if someone else gets hurt, there's not a lot of bodies to fill in in that point. We're not very far off from, you know, Anthony Richard, first line winger in Montreal. All due respect to him. That's that's a signal that this season is just forget it. Start looking at mock drafts and everything else. I mean, we're looking at mock drafts anyway, Scott. I don't know about you, but I'm a nerd. I've been doing this. I... I... I, I couldn't do it to myself yet. One, I don't know where the Canadians are going to end up. And I it's I don't want to read too much in Nirkana Bedard and get sad when they don't win the lottery. Like I'll do more once we find out how bad Florida's going to be, and I need to start researching in that like 10-11 range somewhere. Um do you have any parting thoughts before we go, Laura? No, I just I feel like, you know, the Kent Hughes press conference was what I wanted it to be. And uh, again, everybody, let's all calm down about Slavkovsky's injury. Let's not create weirdo sci-fi conspiracy theories out of this. It literally is just a guy, young guy with a knee injury that he's going to have to rehab and we're going to have to be patient. Yeah, it's it's not that I'm deep. not. <laughs> yeah, I'm not imagining by any circumstance they're going to solve everything in this window or by the start of next season, but the, he has a start on it. Like Kenton Hughes says, there's a lot of work to be done and maybe there's more to it than we expected. We don't have the uh, behind the curtains look that, you know, everyone else might with that. We will be back. Uh, unfortunately, Thursday is a reverse retro game against the Florida Panthers. So that's just going to go super great, but it will be our Friday episode, which means it's the mailbag. Tweet us at LO underscore Canadians or email us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com with your questions for that. You can follow Laura at The Active Stick. You can follow myself at Scott Matla. 
folks, we will see you all next time.